I think I figured out that when this thing says end broadcast in red in the upper right hand corner, the moment it goes that way, I think we do actually go live to the world. Nice. What's the really funny thing is, is I really don't know how this is supposed to happen on uh, the Facebook pages. Well, we're mm-hmm. live. I can tell you that. Oh, yeah. There we are. We're live on Facebook. I see us there. Oh, yeah. So, Says we're live now. Yeah. Part of this topic tonight and part of a, I will. I'm going to break the first rule of podcasting. Every podcast coach, every podcast advisor I talk to talks about. Don't apologize for missing episodes. Well, I. uh um, in this move, it took a little bit while to set up the new studio. I'm not sure if it still works, so you guys will have to give us some feedback. Um, but I apologize for missing the last couple of weeks because I produced Will and Derek were actually ready to go for the last couple of weeks for a change, and I just couldn't do, go. But since I have all the buttons here, so I'm apologizing. I think we're going to try to do a complete run through December um, without missing a Wednesday. And we'll see where we go from there. Uh, interviews are getting lined back up. Those that we had to cancel because of the. Uh, Let's blame it on the uh, pandemic. It was all because yeah. of COVID. Yeah, yeah, it was all because of that. So there, yeah. there's my mm-hmm. quiet whatever. Um, I'm in this new studio. There's different sounds around me. I'm not sure how good I sound, like I said. Um, so let's. Uh, <clears throat> uh, what, what you guys got going on? I'm sharing on Facebook right this second, so go ahead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Will's sharing on Facebook. John doesn't know how to do the new studio. Yeah. And I'm just sitting in my living room with my computer ready to go, here ready to talk. I've already shared the podcast. I'm killing time while these two stare at their phone. Ah, what a day. What a day. Well, I've been working a lot. Um, yeah. And um, just having fun, uh, end of year stuff, you know. So, Will, how do you feel about electric cars? <laughs> You're gonna jump right into it, aren't you, Derek? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure. out. I mean, we're gonna lose every every listener, every viewer we have if you guys stare at your phone for right. a minute. I'm I'm, I'm Jeez. done. Gosh, um, how do I feel about electric? cars yeah i don't want to talk about that let's not well talk you about brought that. it up let's talk about it i was trying to get your attention let's not talk about it there's got to be something better out there in the world to talk about I actually agree. all the hot topics are are like what we none of us want to talk about electric cars haggerty um and yeah that's about it those are the the, the big things that are going on <laughs> in the classic car world right now and we don't want to talk about them well isn't uh, electrics taking it over and we've we've totally banned speaking about Hagerty until mckeel wants to come on the show right exactly yeah now I, I, did you did you guys see that a uh a, a new um new sports edition of a sports car was announced by any chance uh which sports car was that I don't, it just, it's, it, it's weird. It's got one letter and two numbers. It's, it's just, yeah. Highest horsepower, naturally aspirated engine. Hmm. Z O six. Yeah, that's what it is. Z O six. Yeah. Have you got to drive one yet? I've not driven one. Uh, have you rode I, one? I've I've 
<laughs> Putting you on the spot, ain't it? <laughs> I've, I've, I, I may have been in the driver's seat and been able to rev the engine. Well, I'm not even going to say what that's like. <laughs> uh, it is a it is a, a beast. Can I say that? Yeah, I can say that. It's a beast of a car. It's going to be awesome. We've already got questions. Dean oh, I don't know. have I don't have yeah. the comments on. I have the private chat yeah. on. My Holy buddy, cow, my, look at my, that. My buddy Dean wants to know what I've done with the dash on the Impala. Uh, well, we had a new billet piece machine, but it's, it's, um, I think you're going to like it, Dean. I think you're going to like it. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll share a pic with you, um, on Friday. How about that? I'll take a nice picture of the dash and send it to you and you can get a little sneak peek before grand national. How about that? Ooh, look at that. <laughs> Phil, Phil, I apologize. Um, I do now see your Facebook messages. I'll I'll get in touch with you. I think we're, we I think we'll be good to go. Sorry, just reading the message. I'll uh-huh. I'll touch base with you after the show. <laughs> and Derek's really good about that, Phil. Is you know, about the time you hit Indiana, he'll he'll say, Oh yeah, you yeah. can come by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like when you're at like if you're headed north, maybe like exit, you know, 60, you know, 30 miles past the museum. And no, we do not have a Z06 at the museum right now. Why not? Because they're hardly anywhere right now. How many has been made yet? I have no idea. No. You have one ordered? I don't know. Why not? Because you can't order them yet. You haven't even opened ordering yet. How could yeah, I order? Come on, it, it's if all it's a game of who, who you know, and I would right. assume you know somebody. I mean, really, if you've sat in one and revved it up, surely you could have ordered one. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I'm. Who knows? <laughs> See, Der- Derek being all quiet and secretive, and you know, he's got that brand new building and all those parking spots. And- all the parking spots that are taken up. I got to start broadcasting from there. Uh, one of these days, years, whatever. Y'all done, did y'all tear the, the hotel building y'all bought down already? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. down, leveled. It's a grass field now. It looks beautiful. Nice. You going to put a go-kart track out there? The go-kart track's over at the Motorsports Park. Yeah, but, you know, you got to drive over there. You can just walk. Oh, my there. gosh. That's what it's all about, driving your Corvette from the museum to the motorsports park to go do stuff. But you don't even have a Corvette. We want you to walk. We want you to drive. Mm. You going to take me for a ride in that Corvette Z06? We'll see what we can pull off. No. Jason looks like he's volunteering to be like right after Will for your passengers there, Derek. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll be there tomorrow about 9 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) <laughs> that'll be pretty useless seeing i just said there's not one around <laughs> well how, how many are told if, me to come on if there's not one around how many are around <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going so will uh how, were, how was the electric car uh, world at sema 
<laughs> did John just read between the lines? Speaking oh. of those, uh, speaking of those electric cars that I wanted yeah. to talk about so badly. Well, no, let's skip the electric cars. Now we we should have had a couple of episodes here in the past, especially in the month of November, because let's just go with Will. How did your SEMA go? SEMA was was awesome. The crowd was down, but the quality of the people there was was extremely high. Um, the, uh, you know, we had, we debuted a Cadillac that's, uh, behind John there on his green screen. Um, we debuted that car in the Zyco hush map booth and Tim was very, very happy with the traffic that came through, said it was actually better than 19, uh, said a lot less people, but the people that were there came to do business. Uh, and also um, talking with uh, Johnny McDevitt from uh, Blueprint Performance Engines. They actually sold more engines this year at SEMA than they did 19 at SEMA. So uh, the the two companies that I got feedback from were extremely happy with the results. They were glad they were there. Uh, yes, there was a mask mandate, but they really didn't. They really didn't force it upon you. If you know, if you were in a booth and and you were you know you were talking with somebody that felt comfortable not wearing a mask, and you know it, it was it was it was really good. Uh, we enjoyed it. Like I said, with the crowd not being as big, was actually a whole lot better. Uh, they did open it up. I, I I forgot how many tickets they sold to the public for Friday. Uh, Friday's generally kind of Friday morning is generally, uh, busy a Friday afternoon. It starts to fall off a good bit. Uh, there really wasn't any fall off on Friday. So it was, uh, very, very good. So we also debuted a 76 Trans Am, uh, in the, uh, Armo booth, which was actually right next to the Cadillac. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool. And we had the black and white 57, uh, out front, uh, right kind of behind Ford's booth. So we had three vehicles out there and they all were well received and wasn't really planning on this, but right after SEMA, we wound up going to Pleasanton to the, uh, autumn get together for good guys and wound up getting a top five for custom of the year with the Cadillac. So, uh, that was, uh, you know, a big surprise. We, we wasn't in no plans at all to go to Pleasanton. I actually didn't realize that they had moved custom of the year from the West coast nationals to the autumn get together. Well, they didn't have the West coast nationals because of COVID. And, um, I got a phone call and a reminder that it had been moved. And I was like, you know, we might, uh, we might ought to think about going to Pleasanton. So we were able to, switch some cars around in trailers and get people home that needed to get home. And, uh, me and, uh, mini Mike cook took our butts to Pleasanton and my dad flew in and had a great time out there too. So, um, the biggest thing at SEMA this year was electric vehicles. I know we wasn't really going to talk on it that much. Y'all always. Okay. Okay. Let's not, let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about it yet. I've got, no, I got a, I got an honest question about the Cadillac. All right. Fire away. I mean, we've seen a lot of your cars. I've seen a lot of the cars you've done. Red seems kind of out of scope with what Big Oaks 
typical paint jobs are. <laughs> what made you go with that? I mean, it's just, it is, it is to me, it's not a, a big Oak color that I would, I would expect to see on that car. I think that's the one you, thing about the car that shocked me. Right. I, I think if you seen the car in person, you would go, yeah, okay. I, I, that's a big Oak color. Uh, there for about, three years, every car we painted was red. Um, I'm not opposed to red. I'm not a huge red fan, but I am a big fan of the color that is on that car. Every picture, if you can pull up all the pictures from SEMA from, of that car, it's a different color. And it, it's just, it's all about, it's a candy. It's a non-metallic candy. So when the sun's not hitting it, it's really a dark red, maroon red. But when the sun, like right there, the sun was kind of coming through the the doors and the windows. There was a whole roll of windows right in front of the Cadillac. So when the sun hits it, it turns more into a bright red. It's almost like it's got a spotlight just sitting on it at all times. It's it's really a pretty crazy, pretty crazy color. Uh, for a non-metallic red. Um, but yeah, you know me. I'm a metallic guy. I like bright, bold, um, big, big metallic and pearl colors. That's just, I mean, I guess it's me being colorblind. I like seeing all the all the pretty metallic in the metal flake and all the glitter, you know? You know Der- Derek's question was exactly one that I had going through my head because it just doesn't seem like it's not, you know, you've talked about this Cadillac all, all along and <laughs> I'm thinking whites and grays and silvers and blacks and, <laughs> and it comes out this red did. Now you talk about, you know, it's this, you know, non-metallic candy red. Yep. Um, I'm not even going to go to the Alabama tie in with red and the 16 minutes a day it's crimson. <laughs> But did you intend or did you anticipate the color flipping and the the transitions of colors when you painted it? Or was that kind of a bonus? No, that's that's uh, one of the things about candy that it it does. So we knew it would do that. How we came up with that color was we built the car for Don and Brenda Waters out of Augusta, Georgia. The car was red when they bought it. It was a satin red and they wanted to keep it red. And Don... Don was pretty specific on the color. He said, I want it to be red, but I want it to be extremely deep with no metallic. And I was like, boy, you ain't asking for much. I mean, (laughs) because metallic is what gives depth in a paint job. So me and Shane Young, that's uh, the head body man and painter here at Big O, uh, we worked on that color for, oh, it was it was a while. Um, we played with different candies. We played with different undercoats. Um, for the people that don't know, uh, candy is actually transparent. So you're actually seeing the color that is underneath the candy. So most people apply a gold or a silver, a really high metallic color. And that's what gives you that depth. So you're, you're seeing through that transparent candy and seeing that base coat. Um, so we didn't really know exactly how it was going to be, uh, but it wound up having, um, 
I think there's 12 coats of candy on it to give it the depth and the darkness that we wanted. So every coat of candy that you apply, it'll get a shade darker and a shade darker and a shade darker. So you cannot panel paint candy. It has to be painted all together. Um, God forbid we get a scratch on this car because uh, it will be extremely hard to uh, to touch up. I was going to, that was going to be, you, you anticipated my question on the base colors and that, because I know like even a yellow is very common under a candy red and that. Right. Um, I would, I really want to ask you what you put under it, but I'm going to let that stay a big oak secret. There's no sense in um, telling. It's red. <laughs> you just got to figure out the red. <laughs> <laughs> just a rust red primer, right? <laughs> Oh, no. Um, Jason did ask uh, why we're talking about this is what are our feelings about the matte colors? Um, I've been a, somebody who's hated matte since 2012 <laughs> because What's I even have Matt? a he's a good guy. I, I even have a uh, Facebook post saying, well, I'm eating crow as I was applying matte black to my blue 2012 Velocitor. Um, doing when I was wrapping the roof and the front bumper and stuff, but yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of matte colors. Um, and even then, the factories tried to get involved. Hyundai tried to get involved with matte colors, and they're really not even matte colors there. So that's my opinion on it, Jason. I'm I don't not, know if the other two want to chime in. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of matte. Uh, some of like the matte black accents can look pretty good, in my opinion, on the right car. Kind of like what you did on the Veloster, uh, John. But I think what I really, what I like is the, the non-metallic, you know, kind of pure colors that are coming out again. Um, you know, just the, the solid color, non-metallic. I know Ford's got some <laughs> colors out. Uh, some of the imports I've seen on, um, you know, and there's just some really great, colors coming back out and, and really where my mind immediately went on one of the first vehicles I saw that on, I think it was an F-150 was one of the first trucks I saw a non-metallic solid color on was man, that would look killer on a 30s era hot rod. Cause it would look like traditional paint, but it would just be a little different and man, could you make a killer looking car? Was that the, uh, I want to say putty color or um, let's say there's a deep gray Ford had. It was the, had. the the gray. It was like the deep gray that was just solid yeah. color, no metallic. It just, it, it took you back to almost like a gunmetal gray feel from the, the thirties era Fords. You know, when I uh, bought my SHO, um, they actually, I had been looking at a truck in that color and they accidentally prepped the truck as opposed to the SHO for some reason when I bought the SHO. But so I know exactly the color you you're talking about. And I liked it enough that I almost put 50 grand into owning that color. But instead we went with a I'm, metallic I'm a black fan of cars. Matt. I'm, I'm a fan of matte finishes, um, but not, you know, Everything under hood doesn't need to be matte black or matte gray or matte, you know, 
accent color or whatever. Uh, I like painting. You know, there's there there are some matte finishes on the uh, Cadillac. Uh, the engine is a matte, kind of a rose gold, the same color as the center of the wheels. Uh, the center of the wheels is, is that, you know, that matte rose gold. But that's about it. The inner fenders and firewall and all that stuff is the same color red as the car. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of of bringing body color under hood. Uh, the Impala's got a little bit of a different twist going on under hood with it. It's not the uh, it is not the main color of the body, uh, but it is a gloss finish. I don't want to give it all away, but. It's a uh, very little matte, very, very little matte finish on, on the uh, Impala. Uh, the wheels do kind of have a matte, goldy, greeny kind of color, and that is broad under hood and a little bit uh, in the interior. But not a lot of matte finish on the uh, Impala either. The, the chassis is not matte. It's gloss. The, the floor pan's are actually a contrast color of of the chassis so it ought to it ought to it ought to pop pretty good from the bottom as well as the top now i i think you know what you said will's correct is you've got to you've got to select where you're using and it's like uh to me and and i'm gonna we're guilty of it because we have it in our background you know carbon fiber it's got to be used sparingly i i'm not a big fan of an all carbon car um i'm you know it's just little trim pieces it's okay but um you know i've just got i'm here we go again on my mini i've got it in a couple of little places and it works there but if i think much more and it's too much um so Speaking of carbon, we got something big with carbon carbon fiber coming down the pipe too. So that's all I'm saying. You you got your hand into everything except batteries. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) The big oak carbon electric car. (laughs) I can tell you, it won't be. It will not be electric powered, but um, there might be a little bit of carbon fiber on. Now Phil's backing us up now. Uh, real matte paint stinks. Now Phil's a master of faux colors and stuff on his cars. And yeah, matte, I, matte paint is the hardest to spray. There's no correcting it. It comes out of the gun when it dries. It is what it is. You scratch it. There's no just touching it up a little bit and sanding it and buffing it. I mean, it's uh, it's the most unforgiving paint there is. And I'll tell you this. If you don't mix it on a scale and like you're painting different times, the sheen will be different. It'll be, you know, if you add just a drop more hardener than you did the previous time, it may, it may be a little shinier or even the weather, the weather has with, with the way it dries and the humidity in the air. uh, It's, it's a very, very tricky process. You got to be, you got to be very anal about it and write down your formulas of how you mix it and what the temperature was and all that other stuff. So when I posted about the show today and Derek was, has been chomping at the bit, I think to get to this, um, I said, I wanted some uh, listener questions in that. 
and somebody brought up the Project X and how it's been um, transformed and restored or whatever um, into some of the reinvented. So- reinvented. That's what I'll call it. Okay. Um, lost, you know, it's a V8 to EV power. And will it alluded that there were a few electric things introduced to uh, at SEMA? Um, there's been a lot of electric in the news. Um, I know Rivian's trucks are finally on the market being delivered to consumers and consumers are reporting back on their quote stellar towing capacities. How you get about a 60% range hit when you're towing. Um, I don't know. Well, you, you know, hey, well, you never you never tow anything further than where you're going to drive, right? I mean, sarcasm, people. Um, no, so, but I think I think John, you know, going back more, Dan's question <clears throat> surfaced or you know really touched more on not just talking about electric cars and you know, what's coming out, what's going on. I mean, Tesla's got the new crate motor they're doing. Chevy and Ford are both talking about, you know, crate motors. But what I liked about Dan's question was essentially it was asking how we felt and thought about GM taking such a historic vehicle from their essentially engineering you know, side of things and converting it to electric power when historically speaking, it has been a vehicle for something, some like 60, almost 60 years now that they've been playing around with hot rodding with V8 engines, you know, experimenting with how their aftermarket uh, hot rodding equipment and engines could be dealt with you know, how to make a a tri five Chevy one hell of a hot rod. And so I think that like more than talking about electric cars, I think Dan's real focus was how do we feel about such a historic vehicle with such, you know, historic importance within GM and it's, you know, development of everything it's done, taking that and turning it into an electric vehicle. Especially, so it's when not, they, it's, especially when they just launched a new 632 cubic inch fire breathing gas guzzling crate engine. Why didn't Project X get the 632? That was the big deal at SEMA. It's like you just you just brought this up. Why didn't Project X get the 632? Come on. Would we be talking about it if it got the 632? Probably. Because it'd be the first one with the 632. I'm just saying that. We probably wouldn't be, honestly. (laughs) Well, I I always love Derek. And and I don't mean to insult you, Derek. But you you took Dan's question or statement and read so much into it for the – it's what I'm good uh, at. Say for the listeners or viewers or however you're uh, digesting this podcast today, um, Dan's post was, I have a question. Taking an icon like Project X and screwing it up by making it electric. <laughs> that, was his, that was his statement. 
So sorry, I didn't have it in front of me. I would have read it <laughs> flat out. I was just trying to, you know. <laughs> you you made it so much more in depth and so much more thought provocative <laughs> or, or provoking, excuse me. Um or provocative. It, hey, whatever, you know. I think there was more people that didn't like it at SEMA that did like it at SEMA, at least <clears throat> the people well, that I talked to. I'll I'll tell you if if we're done talking about Project X, I want to move to something else. If we're not, we'll keep going. So well, we haven't even answered the question. Well, what's there to answer? He thought they screwed it up, and everybody else does too. So, yeah, and at, we're with uh, you. I was gonna say, I, I think Derek would probably fall into that same boat. I know how Will's falling, and I'm gonna fall into it. And but I think from Derek and I standpoint. Is probably the mo- more of the historical aspect. Is is it going to be okay to take gasoline powered stuff and make it electric to keep it? You know, are are you screwing up with history? Are you screwing up with or messing up with the you know tradition? This is the way the car was built. This is the way the car has existed. Oh, now we'll just go ahead and put an electric motor in it now. They're just but no. but but no. I'm 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 gonna disagree. I'm going to disagree, John. If you're restoring the car, you're messing it up by putting an electric motor in it. However, if you're hot rodding it now, if we're talking about project X, there's some gray area, I think uh, because of the historic significance within general motors. But if you're hot rodding a car, the tradition of hot rodding is taking a vehicle and souping it up with whatever parts you can afford to buy, whatever, however you, however you dream the car up. Do you want a flathead Ford V8 with Arden heads and, you know, uh, uh, whatever else, a roots blow, whatever else you can, you can find you have the money to buy, you know, and, and in some cases, some of those guys, original hot rodding was just, getting whatever they could get out of a junkyard and building the car hot rodding has turned into, you know, getting a car and buying, you know, brand new parts that are on the market from places like Holly and, and all the other places to make it a much more modern vehicle than it was originally. So when electric motors and electric drive lines are available, that's still honoring the history of hot rodding because you are, you, you are having the option to turn that car into whatever you want it to be. Whether, whether we oh, like it. Okay. Or okay. Not, okay. Derek, we, we all like know, we, we all know what hot rodding is and we all know where it comes from. And with project X's case, I might say it's a little bit different because this car has continuously been upgraded throughout the 55, 65 years of life it's had. But if we went back and we took um, some hot rod that was made, say, built in 1953 and is kind of all original, et cetera, and hasn't been just it needs to be freshened and, you know, it needs to be restored so that it can be used. Is it okay to stick an electric motor in it? That car, say that car's existed that way. So, well, no, we're not going to say that. That, Take a 55 Chevy that was built. Built in, say, 62 as a hot rod. And it's run, and it's been in the family, and it's been used. It's a little beat up and abused, but it still runs and exists. Is it now okay 
70 years later, whatever we are, 60 years later, to put an electric motor in it and say, oh, it's just a, I'm hot rodding. And, you know, if it's, if it's upgrading, upgrading, it's fine. But that's like going and saying, well, I've got a Model T and I'm just going to stick an electric motor in it because it's easier to dri drive than the three pedal system or something. Um, I, I disagree. I understand what hot rodding is, but at some point, you know, the hot rod was built, it was used. And if it hasn't continuously been upgraded, I don't think going back and retrofitting a electric motor in it is proper. Well, then you're talking about a case by case basis. Now you're talking about taking a, a hot rod that was already built and essentially restoring it back to its original hot rod period. But if you're going to go under the theory that you can't stick an electric motor in a hot rod because that doesn't fit the tradition of hot rodding, then nobody should be sticking a small block Chevy in a hot rod either because they weren't around when hot rodding started. They'd all have flathead Ford V8s in them. Okay, Will, where did you want to go? <laughs> well, I will say this. To me, one of the best things at SEMA since zero emissions is a thing and uh, all of this, you know, whatever crap we got going on. Um, Mike Copeland had a 49 Chevrolet truck there with an LS3 in it that was hydrogen powered. Now, I can get into that. All right. It was a, I'm pretty sure it was a supercharged LS3. And for those of you who do not know Mike Copeland, I would love to get him on the podcast. I'm, I'm sure I might can make that happen. Um, he's the owner of Arrington Performance. He worked at Lingenfelter, worked at General Motors. I mean, worked for Cadillac. I mean, uh, I'm sure Derek knows who he is. Um, but what he had at, at SEMA to me was, uh, as far as zero emissions go, is, is something that I could definitely uh, get into. So, you know, that, that's just me. I, I like, um, I like what he done there. You still got, you know, the sound, you still got, you know, everything you got in, in a, in a V8 gasoline powered engine with zero emissions. I mean, it, mm -hmm. okay. It's going to push a little water out. All right. We can water the grass mm -hmm. with it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I understand the deal of hydrogen, but, um, you know, to me, that was the, as far as zero emission stuff at, at SEMA goes by far, uh, the coolest thing there. So kudos to Mike Copeland. Um, not only is, is he good at thinking outside the box and doing stuff like that, he's um, a hell of a hell of a good dude. And I like doing business with him. Did he have any assistance? on that project or anything, because I know Toyota's still big on pushing hydrogen. Um, they're, they're still putting their eggs in the hydrogen basket more than the um, all electric. I didn't talk. I mean, I talked to him at, at SEMA, but I didn't ask him, you know, who is smart, as smart as Mike Copeland is, I would be willing to bet. He probably done 90% of it in his shop in, in, uh, in Detroit area. Um, he's, he's just that, uh, he's a freaking genius. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that, um, is doing what he needs to be doing because that, he's just, 
Um, I wouldn't say he, he's not one of those guys that makes you feel dumb when you talk to him. Um, but he's just, he's like the mad scientist, you know? I, I don't know if I've met Mike or, but that name is so familiar to me. And I'm, you know, there's projects on the tip of my head that tie back to him. And I, I don't know how I'm relating back to him. I don't know if I've ever met him or. I, I bet, I bet you have. <laughs> He's a, he's a genius. And that is something I think that's under you, you know, maybe underutilized or under, uh, you know, underlooked at let's uh, that's a horrible phrase, but you know, hydrogen thinking about hydrogen powering engines and, and using that in hot rods and, and things like that. I mean, that could be one heck of a really, really cool direction that things go to become environmentally friendly like will is talking about the other thing is and you know i don't know if we have any listeners that are in the well uh, you know if if tony listens uh, you know still occasionally who knows he might have some thoughts but one of the interesting things i've heard recently is that of course with all of the shipping you know issues we're having with the big container ships and all that is that there are a couple of the different big shipping companies that, that own the, the container ships that are investing a lot of money into the industry to figure out, and we've talked about it on the show before, but the zero emission green gasolines that are being, uh, you know, synthetic, you know, synthetic gasoline that's being created and diesels to run these ships more efficiently. And if that was to take off, yeah, I, I think we could see a huge shift in uh, the, the industry, just if there was a synthetic green, you know, fuel out there, that's not electric option. That was just something I heard recently about, you know, this idea of the shipping industry getting behind these synthetic fuels. Sorry, maybe I was reading to, some. Yeah, maybe we need to get, get Dean's, Dean's son on, um, our son-in-law. He's on the GM team building hydrogen engines. Yeah, oh, I, nice. I just maybe saw can, that post, and if he maybe we send can, me send some send us an email, uh, no driving gloves at uh, gmail.com. and uh, would love to we'd love to get him on and poke poke the brains for some hydrogen stuff as opposed to all this electric stuff. I wonder if uh, we could get him and Mike on the same one. Him and Mike Copeland. <laughs> well, That'd be pretty cool. I might I'm have somebody I'm, that I'm could, gonna, uh, I'm gonna could throw come it, on about that too. I'm going to throw that one in your your court. Will put that together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, well, squeeze that in. I know you're not doing anything tomorrow. No. <laughs> let's 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 get together on that, Will and and maybe Dean because. Uh, I know somebody in the, uh, you know, defense part of General Motors that's doing a lot of the defense stuff. And uh, she might might be able to join us on that, too, because she also was um, pretty prolific with the um, some of the GM engineering and uh, um, high performance uh, parts that were being put out for quite some time. 
Well, let's see what we can put together. I don't want five people on one podcast, six people on one podcast. But well, we can do it back to back, you know? Yeah. Or we'll we can just, we'll you know, we just throw out. John off. We can just throw John out and you and I can do it, Will. Uh, I'll be happy to sit back and produce. I produce a lot of shows from the sidelines. Oh, I was reading through the comments. If there was anything, Phil brought up the Illuminator. I think we're, I'm going to sorry. I'm going to say sorry, Phil. We're done with Electric for three episodes. We won't mention Electric for three episodes unless Elon comes on or a Rivian calls me. So there you I go. Am, Dean Dean said he will make it happen. So there we go. Okay. I'll, I'll call you tomorrow, Dean. I'm going to be on the road for a while. Sorry, Charles. I won't be at the shop in the morning. Um, get with get with Chris. Get with Chris. He can take care of you, all right? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah, you know we, just we, doing business, whatever. Yeah, well, we had the episodes of selling stuff. We had the episodes of, you know, what jobs available this week. So now we're, now we're just doing will schedule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, it works. This, this, is, this is how busy that man in the upper corner is. is people have to come onto our comments <laughs> to, to make appointments with him. Oh. So, I don't know if there's much else. I mean, we're a short show, but if we're a short show, let's be a short show and not waste hey, I, I would time. like to bring something up that we talked about. Um, go ahead. About. We, very, we touched just a brief uh, amount on it in the pre-show was the the new museum that's being opened up in Cartersville, Georgia. Uh, I've seen, we have a, uh, one of our, one of our best customers, uh, Dan Duffy is really, really good friends with the guy that lives there in Cartersville. And I, I, he may have done some construction work on it. I can't remember, but I know it's been being built for a long time and it, it looks like it's getting really close to being open. Um, man, just the sign for this museum out front is, Holy cow, impressive. So I can imagine what the inside of this place is going to be. I'm not a big museum guy, but I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I was going down the interstate and I seen this sign, I would stop and turn around and go look at it. Um, I know Derek, Derek knows a little bit about it. Uh, what's the name of it, Derek? The Savoy. Savoy. That's it. Yeah. Um, no, it's. Anyway. It's it's going to be a fantastic place. I've I've had the pleasure of meeting uh, a number of their staff, and uh, you know get some. I guess I've let's say had some sneak peeks of things they're going to be doing there, and uh, highly highly recommend a visit. Uh, <coughs> right after you visit the Corvette Museum, uh, head on down to Georgia, and uh, I believe they're still doing their grand opening celebrations. I think it's December 8th. Uh, I need to check that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's quite the place. Um, what day is December 8th? Is that a, um, December the day's first. So it's next Saturday. No, 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 no. December no. 8th is a December 8th is next, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. Mm. Mm. Well, I may, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, kind of have an unofficial invite to their, uh, their grand opening party. Maybe I can get um, at least one or two more guests with me. Maybe we could all uh, just attend next Wednesday. I have to pass. I'm sorry. I got something big going on Thursday. Oh Lord. 
I'll tell you about it after the show. No, all right. Um, I might but, could make the, I might I might could go over there for that. All right, let's 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 talk offline, Will. All right. And again, I would sit back and produce whatever you guys if you wanted to broadcast from there. But we'll figure that out. Um, current exhibitions at the Savoy American Racing, the Great American Classics, Woody's Orphans, and the Savoy Collection. It does look like it might be worth going over to see. That's going to be it's cold, Jason. Cool. I, I, yeah. I don't know about it's, that. It's going to be real hard because it doesn't run. So if y'all want to come push it all the way there, let's do it. I'll, I'll come put it on my trailer and you can ride in it. How about that? There we go. Yeah, I'll yeah, put it on the trailer. I'll sit in it and pretend I'm driving. I'll even make the noises. There you go. Yeah. Hey, Phil, shoot me a message. We'll talk. what it's all about networking baby networking that's it so can can you give us a little bit of um can you talk about the savoy a little bit more about pick one car and tell us what it's gonna what what's in there maybe i don't want to get you in trouble but yeah, honestly, I don't know what cars they're going to have initially uh, in the galleries. Uh, you know, I never really got in depth on knowing what their collection is or what they're borrowing. More so just seeing some of the renderings of the exhibits they're going to be doing and, and the way they're making the place look uh, is what impresses me. Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, John just listed the galleries and some of them have very specific names that kind of give you a clue right. as to what type of vehicles are going to be in there. Uh, but yeah, I don't know specific, specific vehicles from their collection. Gotcha. Wish I did. You know, I wish I did know more. I mean, I, you know, yeah, they're very elusive. I try to, I try to deal with, <clears throat> yeah, I, I try to deal with the hundred and some odd, just over a hundred corvettes and and certain corvette related vehicles in the collection i oversee will so <laughs> it looks Is like there a corvette have, in there they they have a shelby mustang in there it looks like yeah yeah i i'm pretty sure they have at least one corvette from what i recall it's kind of hard to have a car museum and not have a corvette in it right yeah the Henry Ford's probably even got a Corvette in it, right? So even Barber's had oh, a yeah. Corvette in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, the Henry Ford has a, uh, a 55 Corvette, of course, because of the V8. But ironically, the Corvette Museum has a Ford in it. So, Well, you yeah. <laughs> know. It saved, it saved Corvette from the chopping block. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, and, and to answer Colin's question, because we're about to wrap the show up, um, uh, thanks for coming late to the show. And, uh, no, uh, if you were here for the beginning of the show, I got lectured on being too intellectual again. So, uh, Nam is off the table right now. Oh, I, I did think about saying something even in our uh, preview about Nam. Um, did anything, we'll let you be a little, little uh, intellectual. We've got a lot of people still listening, and we may as well um, put them to sleep as the show begins. Uh, award-winning, <laughs> award-winning collections department at the National Corvette Museum. Mm. Thank you, thank you. We we won some significant NAMI awards, including 
the NAMI for exhibits this year because of our performance gallery and uh, the work we did on that, turning it into a modern interactive gallery that is easily interchangeable um, and yet still interactive no matter what we do. And we also took second in the category for our uh, Ed Big Daddy Roth Rat Fink exhibit where we had a lot of the Rat Fink cars up and some cars that were inspired by Ed Roth. So, um, yeah, we uh, we showed them. That's what I like to say. Sorry to all my uh, uh, museum friends that are listening that were at the uh, NAM uh, conference. But, yeah, we uh, – we kicked butt. That's what I'm going to say, Toby. Toby, if, you, if yeah. you're still listening, um. <laughs> and Derek doesn't text and tell us this stuff, or at least doesn't text and tell me. But nobody ever talks to me anyway. John, John, and I have had this conversation. I, I don't talk about my. I, I, I don't. It's just, it's not something I do. I just do my job. I go on. I keep doing it. Yeah, so we, we, we created this podcast so Derek has like th- can brag about himself for two minutes a year. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, congratulations, Derek. I know that 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 stuff it means a lot in, in that world. Um ironically, I was at a dinner the other day and met somebody who does museum exhibits too. So Uh-oh. Uh, who'd so, you meet? Um we'll talk about it off air, but all right. So but it's just kind of funny just to stumble across these things. Not the last place I would have expected to meet somebody who kind of did this similar thing. But let's go ahead. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, there's anything else from anybody? If not, I want to thank everybody who joined us for watching. We're going to be back on the regular schedule. Um, uh, what I want to say. From now on, Wednesdays, now, 9 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go on to a regular schedule starting now and yeah. moving forward. Yes. And I did, if you are, are an audio <laughs> and listener. And that, that regular schedule doesn't involve Will missing almost every episode. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Will's down down week. <laughs> you know. no. So... We'll be back on the regular schedule. I just dumped a bunch of uh, back episodes on the audio side. I got some of the Apple stuff worked out. There's still one missing one. I got to figure out what happened to it. So if you're an audio listener, sorry. But uh, our numbers will be great this month. But otherwise, um, I'm out of here for tonight, guys. Adios. See you later. Somewhere I got to push this end button.